I feel like Return of the Mac should be playing right now. It's Riley Friday and Riley Davis, newfound father, is here. We are so happy and grateful to be graced with your presence. Round of applause for Riley Davis, everybody at home. Please audibly clap while you're listening to this. Riley, how has the first month of fatherhood treated you? You know, it's been good. It's actually, I'll be honest, hasn't quite been a month yet. It'll be three weeks this weekend. And uh, yeah, you know, I'm picking my spots here and there, kind of like a good shooter on when I can get some sleep in. My son, he usually gives us a little like four to five hour window of uninterrupted sleep, which is pretty nice. I feel like that's pretty fortunate for a newborn. Changing way more diapers than I ever anticipated, like... I think I knew in theory how much newborns like poop and pee, but until you like see it in practice, it can be shocking. And there's nothing more disheartening in the middle of the night when your kid starts crying and you go to check the diaper and you know exactly what it is. Or better yet, they rip like three farts in a row and you know exactly what's coming. So aside from that, though, been amazing, been incredible, totally worth it. Love my son. (laughs) Love it. Love it. It's great to hear. Uh, yeah, I'm one diaper down this morning. We're recording this at 9.16 a.m. Eastern. Just uh, had to get the hands working on a diaper. I feel like a vet now in this game. That's nice. I was still thinking it's like a rookie year or a contract year for me. Now I feel like a vet now that we got a, a three-weeker in here. And uh, we also have a future father, Carter Elliott. That's not me breaking any news. That's just saying like someday down the line you're going to be a dad. But right now you're holding it down for the non-dads. Yeah, I was. And honestly, my next point was going to be that I, I feel threatened. Um, I feel like I got a chip. I feel like you guys are out dadding me right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I don't know if I can allow that to happen. Uh, I don't know if that's also going to be a good reason to go to my wife and be like, I think it might be time. Riley and Greg think they got the they got the up on us. And, and if, are we going to let that happen? I don't know. I personally don't want it to. So we're going to see. But Riley, it's so good to have you back, brother. You don't understand. And to be honest, I'm not saying I was betting against you, but I did I did think maybe you show up like a little disheveled, you know, maybe like a new I've had a one uh, less than a one month old. I mean, you're looking better than ever, my friend. You're truly making fatherhood look good. Hey, I appreciate that. I got to give a shout out to my barber, Orlando. I sent you all a slow-mo video of it on, uh, I think, Wednesday or Thursday, just to let you know that he had done some elite work and that I was prepared for a return. So <laughs> um, also, I got to throw in there, even if Greg and I are out dadding you right now, I want it to be known that Carter asked for permission to slander my son this morning uh, if I didn't show up, which I granted because, you know, he needs a chip on his shoulder because he's going to have a supportive father. So right, he's going to we're not raising the future Andrew Playtech here. We're raising the next, you know, uh, I don't know what to call. I don't know the phrase. We're raising the next um, Field of 68 Network, Marcus Page. Okay, how about that? <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> Huey Davis. That's that's what I've been affectionately referring to your son as. Uh, I mean, it is. Do you want do you want to address the fact that you did sort of name your son after Hubert Davis? Okay, I did not name him after Hubert Davis. <laughs> His full name is Theodore Robert Davis. He goes by Theo. Uh, some may say that's a nod to Theo Pinson, although he truly is named after my grandfather, Ted, and my wife's grandfather is Robert. So put them together, you got Theodore Robert. Also, excuse my dog in the background right now. I, I'm just like trying to keep him from going crazy. He's gonna... Don't you don't you ever say excuse you for that very <laughs> cute pup in the background. How dare you? We're a pro I just can't believe. I, I mean, it, like this is at least non-arguable. Your son's name is Bert Davis, right? That was where Greg came in with the connection that it was 
how he got to Hubert. <laughs> I, I mean, Huey Bird Davis is kind of that I'm going with. Uh, also, Car- I feel like we're just skating over the fact that you're in California right now. I don't know mm-hmm. if this does something to like crush your breakfast bits, but it's 619 local time where you're at. You're making the pod work, but I have a feeling you don't have a bit. <laughs> My friend, if I can open this bowl. Uh, don't ever doubt me. We got a beautifully prepared last night when I got off the plane, actually made it before I went to sleep here. We got a little overnight oats, mm. a little honey, a little cinnamon, almond milk, some blueberries because good antioxidants. Uh, and yeah, if you thought the bit was dead, you were, you're, you're dead wrong. Might I say. Unbelievable. Yeah. How's, how's West coast life treating you in the first three hours that you've been there? Uh, it's, I mean, it's, it's early. I will say that. Uh, but I also was looking at like the college football schedule coming up for this weekend. And like, I'm going to get games at 9 a.m. And that's kind of exciting, I feel like. Yeah, definitely. It's huge. All right. Well, we're going to get right back into the rhythm of these Riley Friday episodes that we have missed so dearly. Uh, rather than Riley bringing topics today, though, we wanted to make it a little easier. We wanted to just kind of transition him smoothly back into the show. So Carter Elliott brought the topics today. I don't know what they are. Uh, he's got three of them. And then later in the show, we are also going to check in with our sleepers correspondent, G-Fed, who is once again just all over the map. He's got some ridiculous plans this week. And we have a new quest for G-Fed after he successfully tracked down Sky Clark. So uh, let's start, though, with comments. Carter, what's your YouTube comment of the day? Uh, real quick here. I'm gonna pull this up. I still can't believe G Fed found Sky Clark in 24 hours. It was incredible. It was. It was. I mean, it was less than that. To be honest, I if it were even cutting short. Uh, let's see. Incredible work. Okay, I'll go with this. Jeff Jeff Hartman. We have to have a floor leader. I believe he's an Indiana fan. This was on the Indiana video. Again. We have to have a floor leader. He repeated in quotation marks, floor leader X and Trey are okay, but they will not get us over the hump. Mateen Cleese, Bobby Hurley, Isaiah Thomas are floor leaders. They led their teams to win. Jeff, we're a mental health pod. Okay. And in order to protect mental health and who you are moving forward, I'm let you know, brother, let that go. Okay. Because if you're expecting X or Trey Galloway, to be a player and or leader, the level of Mateen Cleese, Bobby Hurley, and Isaiah Thomas, that's just like not a that's not a goal you want to do. Like if you put your life's mental on the line that I get a six pack, you, that's never going to happen. So it's just like let's not hope for things that are never going to happen, my brother. All right, let's 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 focus on maybe Indiana being the wild card team. Maybe that's their they're the spunky wild card with a lot of transfers. Riley, how do you feel about Indiana? I feel like you've never really mentioned them on the show. Like, do you consider them a threat? Do you consider them a cute program? What do you think? Are we talking about a threat this year? Or are we talking about like in general? Like as in a general, they're not in a good state. I feel like is if if you're a historically great program and you're going years and years and years without even making a second weekend, like it it's only a matter of time before you get labeled a dinosaur. You know, like one time you were great, but now you've fallen and that's still kind of how I've seen Indiana really since like that Cody Zeller, Victor old Victor old depot team, which was a great team Um, beat my Tar Heels by like 20 that year. But since then, I mean, you've had some moments with Yogi Ferrell, but as a whole, yeah, more of a, uh, kind of a, a dinosaur that is probably hoping to get brought back to life. Like that's the best I got. I feel like there's something here with like, you want to be a dynasty, not a dinosaur. 
Mm, that's kind that's of a bar. bar. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That I'm is happy. a bar. And so if if Indiana would be considered a dinosaur, what do you what is a historically great program that misses the tournament altogether? What what yeah. kind of animal is that? <laughs> not not a good one, I'll tell you that much. Okay. All right. <laughs> like, we'll, we'll get we'll get to that. I'll um, I'll be looking for some comparisons on there. Wait, a are megalodon you... that you're still looking for in the ocean to see if it actually exists. <laughs> kind of sad that I couldn't tell if Carter was dissing my team or your team, but I was going to take it as a compliment if he's calling Michigan a historically great program before realizing he was talking about North Carolina. I uh, I, I was. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that, I want that... I want to get out ahead of it if any IU fans you know come after their boy Bluffs, but UNC has not been up to UNC standards really since like 2019 aside from that the tournament run of course which like granted is a was a big deal it was a lot of fun but like the last four seasons bubble team every year and hopefully they can get it right this year but uh, I feel like that's would even be the vibe within the program you know the guys who are on the team would say they're trying to get Carolina back to that standard and I think Hubert even addressed that at media day last week so I just I got to get out ahead of that before the IU fans come out of the woodworks and you know hate on my heels but yeah (laughs) How was at media day, a- by the way? You you were at media day. You uh you honestly put a couple sleepers questions out there on the table. That was appreciated. Oh, of course. Yeah. Media day was great. Like I talked to I told this to Carter. I know because so that he didn't completely abandon his UNC stock. I know that was getting a little shaky. Uh I can't no, remember it's, what... it's, no, it's still going strong, brother. It's all still right, going all right. strong. I told him that Harrison Ingram carries himself like a superstar, and I was all in. Like the vibes on Harrison Ingram, all time high after talking to him. Like fantastic interview actually gave like legit ball answers like told me how hubert's planning on using him he even said he's you know playing as a pick and roll ball handler coming off of down screens um like actually was getting into some x's and o's with me which was cool like with the simple question of like how are you going to be used we talked to him about why he picked unc over kansas which was great um james aconquo the west virginia transfer another great interview and then paxton wochick that was a guy who i i stood there and talked to him for like probably close to seven minutes i want to say just leading up to saying like you made a national media list of best shooters in the country what are your thoughts <laughs> I, did, I, I couldn't come out swinging with being like hey you know you know who sleepers are but i'm like i gotta build into this so i can ask him about this list <laughs> i tweeted this privately to you and i don't think anybody saw it which was a shame i should have like quote tweeted it but uh, i wanted you to ask armando baycott who gets custody of pete nance because he was doing the whole divorce stuff. I don't right, think you right. I, I don't think you got there though. I did not get there, no. <laughs> okay. All right. With well. with at those media days, it's always like a huge crowd around Armando. So like I'll I'll pop in here or there, try to ask a question, but I don't know. Y'all know what it was like at like Big Ten Media Day a couple of years ago. Sometimes you get the best quotes by going to the guys who no one's talking to. Hundred percent. That's how that's that's how we fell in love with Pete Nance originally. Right. Exactly. <laughs> no one no one wanted to talk to him. In hindsight, maybe should have realized that nobody wanted to talk to him meant something. Uh, <laughs> I mean, now that we're two years removed and he just goes team to team and never makes the tournament, and then his teams make the tournament as soon as he's not there. Uh, I don't know. Like him, though. We love you, Pete. Uh, by the way, if you want to hear more in-depth thoughts from Riley Davis on the state of the North Carolina program, there's a great new place to do that. Can we give the plug on that, Riley? Congratulations on this announcement. I appreciate that, man. We're looking forward to it later this morning. Actually, by the time this episode is live, we will have our first Hark the Pod podcast episode out. It's the the Field of 68's UNC basketball podcast hosted by me and Jacob Karabatsos, who's a friend of Sleepers. Um, But yeah, so we're giving weekly episodes and then hopefully doing some live reactions in there as well, talking about UNC hoops. So both of us went to Carolina. Both of us are from, well, I'm from Charlotte. He's from Gastonia, which is like 
40 minutes outside. There's a bit of Charlotte elitism. I'm not going to lie. I don't know if Jacob knows this, but like <laughs> people from Charlotte have a certain elitism towards those who are from outside Charlotte who claim Charlotte. But no, but Jacob, he proudly claims Gastonia. But yeah, it's, it's a good pod and looking forward to, you know, getting that off the ground this year. Yeah, I'm excited to give that one a listen, especially because on the cover <laughs> art, uh, you look like a fairly odd parents character on that, whatever that little <laughs> AI generated artwork is. But I'm excited to listen to it. I think when it comes to UNC stuff, uh, I don't think there's two more passionate people that I at least personally know. So if I'm t- if I'm listening to anything UNC, I'm going to listen to you, too. So for everybody, make sure you follow Riley and check that out. And as they break down a late December loss to Boston College. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm still in Riley. I no, we know. I, I know. I one of those losses is coming, man. We like probably won't do reaction shows to losses. I'll just let that be known. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was going to try and give the cover art like an overnight uh, revision from me because I did text Jacob immediately when I saw it yesterday and said, why do you look fantastic? And Riley looks like a mannequin. So, uh, but I thought I did look a little cartoony, but we've, we've, is, uh, Trevor was, I don't want to throw Trevor under the bus. I know he was working hard on it, but, oh, Trevor made um, it. Nice. Yeah. So he, he made like four or five renditions of it. And so we kept giving feedback to where eventually I was like, I'm just going to go with this, even if I look like a little cartoony here. So (laughs) I I think it's the beard. The beard just looks good in cartoon form, Mm, but, uh, that's a good point. point. I'm very excited for this. It's going to be a great pod. And it's, uh, it's just what college basketball needs more of more podcast of two white guys talking about a team it's fantastic. hey 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 hey! we're greek and puerto rican like watch oh, watch your tongue here here we All go right. <laughs> All right. uh by the way we're gonna go to discord comments in a second i'm sorry this is all over the place if you can't tell we're just excited to have riley back uh cart we need to address the fact that my voice is like three octaves deeper than it normally is what's going on right now <laughs> uh you know sometimes you know for listeners out there when when you have yourself you know, uh, a, a night where you reminisce, a night where you reunite with old friends. Sometimes maybe you have one too many. And also you're coming off a pickup game where you can't miss and you're hitting game winners. So sometimes you show up in the morning, maybe you're a little a little banged up, let's say, just a little little off. So, I mean, you know, for some that looks like a bad hair day. For Gregory, that looks like he, you know, has a 007 Christian Bale, whatever actor it is type voice. So, I mean, it's not, it's not the worst thing in the world, but haven't heard your voice as deep in a minute. It is a little strange. I don't know what's going on. Like I, I'm not banged up. I would just say that, like, I definitely did have like a nice night at the bar last night, but I'm not hurting in any way possible. I just, I, I definitely noticed that my voice is like twice as deep as it normally is. So uh, anyways, we'll see if that changes throughout the episode. Let's go to the discord for comments. Uh, again, shout out to everybody in the discord this week. This is by far the best week since we started the discord. We have an insane number of signups, just like, flooding the the welcome channel every single time i check in there right now building a lot of great momentum for the season we crossed the 50 threshold of paid members that was a big milestone so claps for us there uh and i think we're at like 125 130 just signups in general so uh you can see some things now by the way if you sign up and you're just like curious what it's like if you're thinking about if you want to pay or not you can sign up for free and actually like see the welcome channel at least and then uh, hopefully we'll convince you by the time the season starts to get in where we answer every single comment every single day, starting with Traveling Gonad, who says, I take this as a pro reminiscing podcast. You guys should do an all random historical basketball players team, just a collection of random college players that had a big impact on you. For example, my all random team would be Shane Larkin, Jerry and Grant, CJ Fair, Rodney Williams and Georgie Basanishvili. 
That's a nice Big Ten ACC combo for a Riley Friday. That is a fantastic, uh, fantastic list. Who was that? Sorry, the CJ Fair and Jerry and Grant caught me both. Uh, but who was the first one they named? Shane Larkin. Shane Larkin. Yeah, Shane Larkin was a killer at Miami. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Shane, Lark- Shane Larkin always comes up for me on those lists. Like when people ask you like players that you were kind of like not sure of, but felt really good about them being a good NBA player and just it never really worked out. Shane Larkin makes that list for me. Same here, dude. I thought he was going to be like a 10-year vet. So did I. Should we and Jerry and Grant, too. Jerry and Grant was disgusting at Notre Dame. Should we each throw some random names out? Give me mm. like two to three of your most random loves. I think y'all have heard this one before. I feel like it, it – I don't know if it qualifies because he is so famous and went on to make all-star teams, but I love John Wall at Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think for me, my team will always start with Jeremy Lamb. Love Jeremy Lamb at UConn. The big T-shirt, everything about it, the wrist tape. That's always special. Carson Edwards will go on my also team that's special, just random players. Even even though he wasn't random, he was, you know, great All-American level player. Oh, who else would go on there, though? You know, I don't know off the top of my head, but I know Jeremy Lamb is on the team, and I'd fill in the spots around that. Okay. Tyler Tyler Ennis was another one of those guys who I was convinced was going to make it in the league who just it never happened. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go deeper cuts here and a little older, but it would start with Vincent Greer from Minnesota for me. Bracey Wright, Indiana was a killer. Uh, Brent Petway, Michigan, one of my favorite randoms. Um, I feel like I'm, oh, Adam Haluska, Iowa. That was my first Iowa love. That's what got me into Iowa basketball. Just a corn fed little bucket shooting guard. Loved him. Uh, yeah, I don't know. There's four for you going at. Love that question. Tristan Freeman says Carter Elliott has the drafting skills of Michael Jordan, Bill Belichick in the past decade, and all facts media. All right. Well, Tristan has the diet of Vince Wilfork, and he's not a nose tackle. <laughs> Booby says to both of us, you are right with Clark, but I see him starting at the 3-4, depending on how much Shiflin Sheeflin progresses. He says, I think Hall will be the big to spread the floor and Clark will have more post opportunities. I still expect him to make a stats jump. Just obviously not going to shoot 40% from three. Little Clemson talk on yesterday's show, Riley. What do you think of Clemson basketball for this year? I have them as a top 25 team. I think I have them in like the 20 to 25 range, third best team in the ACC behind Duke and Miami. Um, honestly, don't you wouldn't have to work to that hard to convince me they'll be better than Miami. I love PJ Hall. He's like, probably the most underrated like superstar in the country. Um, And I'm with him. Ian Shefflin, he showed some flashes last year. Like he was a pretty good defender. Kind of one of those versatile. I want to say he's like a, he's not quite like a big wing by any stretch, but he can pass a little bit from the, from the front court. Um, But yeah, I think Jack Clark is actually like a really sneakily good get for them, even though his like stats don't jump off the page. So if someone was drafting a team, Riley, let's say like, a let's say we're having a draft and you just, you pick five players, you're switching and they pick P.J. Hall for their team, would you say that's a good pick, a good draft? Yes, I would. Is, is that what Tristan is slandering? When you, have gonna... 10, when you have 10 players in the country that are going to get picked in this draft, just 10 okay, total? Yeah, maybe that, that might be a little rich, but uh... <laughs> I don't hate it, it. Like I'll always defend P.J. Hall. He's a Carolina guy, South yeah. Carolina, but I'll, I'll claim him. It was something. A boom fizzle says he wants to call me out a little bit on the Mason Gillis section. He didn't bring up Indiana unprompted. They were specifically asked about conference games and how they don't necessarily indicate postseason success. And then whoever the reporter was asked about the rivalry and how it felt to get swept. 
Uh, yeah, that's fair. I did go after seeing this comment. I did search out the full video and that definitely did happen. Um, I stand by the fact that like Mason was ready to go there though. Like not saying he could have ducked the question, but you could have answered the question in a way that didn't like goat your rival fans so much. Um, so Cart's kind of making a face. We well, I mean, we know Mason Gillis decision-making can sometimes be skewed. It's a little iffy sometimes. Travis yeah. Nelson says he listened to the pod and he could somehow still see Carter Elliott sweating during the player draft. Yeah, I was in I was in hell. I was. Like it, it just is what it is. It's when I go face to face with you in any type of draft setting or format, I'm I just I wasn't in a good place. I was profusely sweating while that was going on. Yeah, I mean, I love everything about you in general, but uh, one of the things that I do love about you is when I can get you on an island and it's a it's a one on one scenario, not on a basketball court. But like if I if there's some sort of task to be done and it's one on one mental warfare, it's a clear out. Just give me space to rock moment for me. And I love it. Uh, Boom Fizzle said "Did the list of guys, little guys get changed between the pod and putting it up on Twitter. It seems like Braden Smith got moved off and honor bumped up. Yes, it absolutely did. Uh, we realized after all we've talked about Braden Smith, there was no way we could have Doug McDaniel over him on a list, even though I love Doug McDaniel. So as soon as we confirmed that Braden Smith was six foot, he had to go on the list. Uh, but Guy also released a statement about RJ Davis being left off the list this morning. That's on Sleeper's Twitter right now. Riley, you demanded a statement from Guy on the fact that RJ was left off. I did. And I just want to say, be the change you wish to see in the world. That's all that needs to be said. I also feel like we need to address the fact that we've added two other guys since the last time Riley's been on the show. Like we went out and the talent acquisition team here at Sleepers Enterprises did a pretty good job. Do you feel threatened at all, Riley? Uh, I don't. I'm not going to quite, you know, quote uh, Drake and say, lost my respect. You're not a threat to the newcomers. But I also know my my standing here. I feel like I, I had an open invitation to return at my leisure, which I did. Uh, but yeah, I've been following. I haven't been able to listen daily anymore. I've, I've, I've been real with you all about that. There have been some things I've missed out on, you know, had a big life change. I think you all have been gracious towards me there. But yeah, I've been keeping up with guys list. Don't worry. And of course, G Fed with the like I already said that sky, the fact that he found Sky Clark. It's, I, I don't know how he did it how, how he's literally in a car with sky clark <laughs> yeah our uh our roster is just starting to look a little wisconsin-ish i would say that that's uh that's a concern of mine here but yeah no concerns about riley davis's role as acc correspondent here whatsoever i refuse i refuse to be the chucky hepburn of this roster if that's where <laughs> we're going i tell you right now i absolutely refuse I was thinking more Johnny Davis, to be honest with you, but uh, I don't know. We'll see where the overnight oats take you. Jay Meisner says, I can't tell you how many shows I've seen that were great binge watching the early seasons, but lost all momentum when watching the new episodes week to week. Yeah, that was my one big thing yesterday. I don't like waiting for shows. Riley, your thoughts on waiting for shows? Uh, it can swing either way. Like I take stranger things as the prime example of, of it actually working in their favor. Like when stranger things four came out last summer, I was like, there's no way I'm going to care about this. Like it's been three years in between seasons, but season four, I thought was like maybe the best one yet. Um, I'm trying to think of another example that might've lost some steam. Ted Lasso. I know people hate those last, like the last season that, and I've made my thoughts on Ted Lasso known to y'all. Um, but yeah, could go either way on it. I feel like I didn't say this in my thing yesterday, but it uh, part of it is like if it's on a TV network, I'm okay with waiting. 
if it's on a streaming platform, it's just like a Netflix original. Like, what are we doing? Come on. You, you have them all. Just release the episodes. D-Rose SAT asks, which Big Ten coach is most likely coaching their last season in the Big Ten? His top three are, number one, Juwan Howard. Number two, Fred Hoiberg. Number three, Ben Johnson. Cart, you want to take that one first? Uh, you want? Can I say something that I think is going to hurt myself? Yeah. And just hurt me personally. And I think people might know where I'm going with this because I said this. I do. Unfortunately, like there's going to be having a conversation. Have Chris Holtman has another down year. Yeah. He, this is a very big year. They got a really good team. I think this year I did find out because of big, I was listening to uh, listen back to big 10 media day, like just audio and videos on YouTube that Tayson Chapman is actually out for three to five weeks with a knee injury. Did not know that, but Granted, uh, you know, besides the point on that, I think that he has a really talented team. I think that people are thinking that they have a bounce back year. So if they don't and they have another down year, I think there will be questions starting to be asked and that will hurt me. Yeah, I would say it's a two man list and no disrespect to Fred Hoiberg or Ben Johnson. But those guys have been allowed to be mediocre with no risk of losing their jobs for years. I don't know if that's going to change. Maybe it will. Maybe it won't. Uh, there's two guys that belong here. One is Chris Holtman, which sucks because Carter and I love Chris Holtman. And we're also very high on this Ohio State team. Like as long as they do what I think they should do, this isn't a conversation. The problem is if, God forbid, this Ohio State team misses the tournament again, there's not really an excuse. This team is talented enough to have a really good season. And quite frankly, I haven't seen local media so against a coach on any of our stops, any of our travels, like Ohio state was ready to get pitchforks out at Chris Holtman last year. So uh, it's a pressure filled year for sure for him. And then the other one is obvious. It is Jawan. Uh, I, I don't really envision a world where Michigan fires Jawan though, to be honest with you. I think it's much more, he would just leave. And uh, I'm, I'm holding Pat in that. I think that is what will happen here. I think this is Jawan Howard's last season coaching, but it is 100% of his own, choosing to just depart the program so we'll see if i'm right we'll see if i'm wrong fam says he likes Edie showing out with his rings at the football game it shows confidence to me if i'm a purdue fan i like seeing that energy from my leader also welcome back big breezy favorite part of being a dad so far oh man let's see favorite part uh honestly even in three weeks our little man has already started to smile which like um i don't know my wife and i we've made fun of our our mom some because both of like the grandmothers are like, oh my gosh, I could stare at him all day. And it's like, he's literally just moving his arms. But like when he smiles, I'm just like my mom when she sees him do anything. <laughs> so yeah, the smile is the best part. It's the best by far. It really is heartwarming. Hey, Greg, can I backtrack just really quickly here? <laughs> sure. <laughs> hey man, that man, Fred Oyberg has the life, has the <laughs> life. Just want to let, just want to let it be known. Nebraska's won just 24 games and went nine and 50 in big 10 play in his first three seasons. This man is making 3.5 million annually. And they're just handing out cake pops. Cause he took Purdue to double overtime. Like I want, I have respected. Now I want to be Fred Hoiberg for real. That's amazing. Good, I think good stuff. I think the Nebraska program genuinely just feels like thankful that someone that was in the NBA wants to be associated with them. Like they're, they feel like they're the lucky ones in this situation, even though Fred is just like clearly not, <laughs> not doing anything great for them. A <laughs> uh, guy comes in, he says, Braden Smith isn't six two. Greg made a list and Carter can't decide whether or not he supports running from the grind. We need to lock in. That's a fair call out from guy. Yeah, but if you're going to call me out, you better know how to fight. And I don't know if guy can. 
I don't think we want you fighting guy though. I feel like this is just like, you know, like our, one of our guys, like one of our, our, our fourth options or something came into the locker room and said, yo, we need to be better. And you and me as the star players are like, shit, he's right. Like it's a wake up call. I mean, guy is the one with the four, six GPA, isn't he? Mm-hmm. Okay. Just making sure. Yeah. We we could, we can heed his advice. What was Drake's GPA, Riley? All right. <laughs> Malik Perry. Was, what, what was 50 Cent's GPA? Let's Hashtag move on. not a school podcast. Yeah. Damn Skippy. Malik <laughs> says, another great show, Carter. I'm honored to be your supervillain. Greg, why does someone have to leave for someone to take a leap? P.S. Kohler's haircut screams bucket. I can't believe I have to explain why people have to leave for someone to take a leap. Like, I, I don't understand how nobody understands this. There's only so many shots to go around. That's how it works. Like, it, it, we can't just say Jaden Aikens made a leap if he doesn't do anything different as the third option on this team. We can love his talent. Like that applies to everybody. I'm just picking out Aikens because yesterday we said he could be a first team all American on a different school. It's true. You can't do that when you're the third option, right? Like that's, this is an accurate statement. It's not a crazy thing for me. I, I I'm surprised that that's what we're the statement we're taking away from Jackson Kohler's haircut screens bucket. It screams, cut my life into pieces. This is my last resort. It screams on his Spotify rap, Matchbox 20s in the top five. Like, what are, we, what are we doing here? I love Jackson, but his haircuts are bad. I loved everything you had there until you threw Matchbox 20 under the bus, man. What are we doing? What? What's wrong with that? That was such an unnecessary shot. What's wrong? What you got against Rob Thomas? It's not a it's not a shot. I'm just saying it's that's it, a that shot. hair that that haircut gives Matchbox 20. That's what it's giving. I feel like Riley loves him some Rob Thomas. I'm kind of indifferent. I'm sorry, Greg, to let you down. If you're if you're over here standing, you know, what's that song? I want to push you around, but I will in the Barbie movie. Um it's a good song. It's, a good, <laughs> it's a really good song. They had some hits. I'll give that to Matchbox 20. They had some hits. I have a really good Rob Thomas impersonation that I'm not going to bust out because my voice is currently too deep for it, but it's like the one impersonation I'm pretty solid with. So uh, we've got two comments remaining here today. Booby's back with his random player, his slept on player of the day. He's got Santa Clara guard Adama Ball. Didn't get a lot of play for Arizona, but after what we saw from B-Pod, I believe Ball was picked to recreate that same role. I actually remember watching him play like spare, very, very sparingly. I want to say it was at Maui for Arizona. And there's something there. Like he's got, he's got the frame. He's got the athleticism. I think something's there with him. So I'd be interested to see what he does. That's a good call out by Booby. I'm in on anybody named Adama Ball. That's a win. I like that. And uh, final comment of the day. This is from Ulamog. He says, regarding Jace Richardson's upcoming commitment on Sunday, does Carter really think Jace gets a ratings boost like Bryson Brawny? Carter, before you answer this, I just want to bring everybody up to speed a little bit if they missed shows earlier in the week. Jace Richardson, son of Jason Richardson, uh, is going to decide between Alabama and Michigan State in uh, like three days here. Carter has uh, had some messages exchanged. Carter, uh, I don't know. You came out and had some comments about Jace originally about a month ago when we were wondering if he would end up in Michigan State. You were not the biggest fan of his game. And you. Uh, we kind of made the nepotism Jace jokes because we are a nepotism Jace friendly podcast in Ann Arbor wise. And now potentially East Lansing and Champaign wise. There's Jace's all over the Big Ten. But uh 
yeah, Jason Richardson didn't love your comments. Let's just call it what it is. So do you think that he gets a boost because of who his dad is? Uh, I mean, I, I think that with a lot of the high school kids who have, you know, who had that that type of father, they sometimes maybe at least early on get a look. Now, granted, I will give Jace Richardson credit in this regard. He took probably the boost that he got and he capitalized it on it. Like he's as high as I think 24 on ESPN. And that's like coming off a pretty major injury and things like that. So it was more so taken out of context. It was more so of a joke because of nepotism and all the reasons you just said. But I still personally feel the same way I do. I don't think Jace Richardson's game will fit into what Michigan State needs. Like, I think that he would hinder playing and developing next to um, next to Jeremy Fears. Uh, I, I I don't think that he would necessarily fit in with what, the way Michigan State is trending. And I already said this um, – plenty of times like I could 100% be wrong about Jace Richardson he could go to let's say another school go to Bama and be an all-american and go to the NBA all credit to him hope he does that I'm just personally speaking on Michigan State basketball and what I think and you know that that's just how I feel about it I guess okay do you uh do you think that you've played any part in him potentially choosing Alabama no if if I did then that's crazy I mean, the people are asking. I mean, uh, do I do I rust to tweet Tom Izzo gifts and go green when Jace Richardson tweets? No, but I feel like I do my part in being like, let's go, come join, come join the boys in green. Okay, I'm a little surprised. I'll be honest with you, as an outsider, of this I have not seen any of that from anyone. It goes beyond you, but like I- I'm very surprised. It seems like the majority of the Spartan fan base is not pumped about jace richardson i'll just say that i know he's he's not the greatest recruit but i think i think it's for the reasons i said though i really truly think it's for those reasons and not necessarily who jace richardson is as a player maybe it's just i don't know fascinating to me like i think he is a good recruit and uh i just maybe the bar's so high maybe you got cohen carr and xavier booker and kurt tang and you're like well we need five star kids only but uh like Program guy, son of Jason Rich. I'm shocked there isn't more like we really want this kid from Michigan State. But sounds like it's Bama anyway, though, not to spoil anything. But the expectation is it's going to be Alabama. So, all right, great day. Comments. Appreciate everybody in the Discord. Again, link to join the Discord in the description of every single video. Get in there. We got less than a month until the season starts, and a lot of good stuff is happening. Carter, over to you. You have the topics for today's show. I'm terrified by this. Where do you want to start? All right, you really should be. Um, But here's where I'm going to start. Because we have three people on this episode, I thought it'd be a good exercise to go through uh, the, the, the major conferences and pick a winner. So this comes off of John Fanta for Fox Sports. He released his uh, winner prediction for the ACC, Big East, Big Ten, Big 12, Pac-12, SEC. I would like to either go – I want to go through those and either agree with him or I would like to have a discussion with you three on who should be in that spot. So we're going to start with the ACC, obviously, because we got Riley present here. John Fanta picked Duke to win the ACC. Are we in agreement that that is the correct pick? For the most part, yes, but I got to be a, have a little bit of devil's advocate and just say Duke never wins the ACC regular season. Like, I think before the Paulo Bancaro team, it had probably been like at least 10 years since they had won one. Um, they always win the ACC tournament, but I think that's always like the – it just seems like they – 
tend to take longer to gel, especially with like the freshman heavy rosters that cost them early on in conference play before they start to get rolling. But yeah, I wouldn't pick against Duke. But if I if I did, I, I wouldn't hate like if you zagged with Clemson or Miami, um, even UNC and pick them to win. As much as I want to disagree with this, I think that it is the correct choice to pick Duke as the as the early, you know, favorite for the ACC. Um, I haven't like heard anything about Flip as far as like practice and how he's looking. I don't know if you have Riley or not, but I just feel like it's been pretty quiet on that front. And it's kind of weird because that's such a vital point of everything that people are predicting with, you know, with the ACC and Duke in general. Yeah, I mean, I know he's like been cleared to practice and everything, and I think has been cleared for full contact. Um, but I don't know. I, I there hasn't been. I haven't heard any reports as, as far as like, oh, he's looking just as mobile as ever, even more mobile than he was last year or whatever. Which that is, if if Duke doesn't win, and I think it's going to be because Flip is still getting healthy um, at the start of conference play. I want to make my pick. I'm I'm just going to approach this by by my gut pick of who wins this, not who is the best team on paper. Because Duke is the best team on paper. If you're doing like a whole preseason thing, you should pick Duke. I think Miami wins the ACC regular season. Mm. It's my pick. I like that pick. It's my pick. I, I've seen them like 10 to 15 range in a lot of polls. Uh, I think people are greatly underestimating a really good offseason, quite frankly. Like the, we just saw this team make a tournament run, be in the Final Four. They get packed back. They get Norchad back. Uh, I love the Matthew Cleveland ad, like to just rip him from an in-state rival, I think was massive. And I think Matthew Cleveland's pretty damn good. So I, I like what they have. I really do. And uh, I'm taking them seriously. I like teams that like bring a core back from a team that was so close to the mountaintop. And uh, like Riley said, Duke never wins the regular season. I think if if this Duke team hits, it'll be more dangerous in the NCAA tournament than it will be in the ACC regular season. I like that pick. I'm not mad at that. Miami's going to be a lot of fun to watch. And then you didn't even mention, I, I don't know if you mentioned Pack or not, but like them getting Pack back is is crazy too. I think he's going to be one of the best players. Uh, honestly, I think he'd be my favorite to win ACC Player of the Year, whether they win the conference or not. Um, he could have some stupid numbers this year. Like the the more we talk crazy. about it with Isaiah Wong on, like. Yeah. I mean, he, it wouldn't be surprising at all if he averaged like. 17 points, probably five assists or something. I feel like that's in the realm of possibilities. Yeah. All right. Now, speaking of player of the years, we're going to move on to big 12 and uh, John Fanta picked the Kansas Jayhawks and just newly named preseason big 12 player of the year, Hunter Dickinson. How do we feel about Kansas being this pick here? I think a lot has transcribed transpired. I'm sorry is the word has transpired <laughs> over the past couple of days, weeks, months, whatever you want to call it. Uh, are you guys still staying strong? Do you feel like Kansas should still be the favorite in the Big 12? I'm like, I'd knock them down from being number one when they lost Arterio Morris. And like, yeah, bad dude. Uh, that's my statement on Arterio Morris. Um, but maybe that's maybe that's odd to because he might not have even started. But I feel like they needed someone of his like with his athleticism, with his pedigree and the backcourt to sort of reach their ceiling. Um, like the the roster just gets a lot more bleak without having that kind of third guard beyond Nick Timberlake, who's moving up a huge level, and Dewan Harris, who is as good as he is as a floor leader, quote-unquote floor leader, shout out to that Indiana fan. Um, they need someone who can get a bucket and who is going to be able to like pressure the rim. And yeah, I'm, I'd be almost more inclined to pick Houston or even Texas to win the Big 12 now. 
But then again, it's a, also that's a it's, great it's transition, Riley. <laughs> it's that's tough great... to bet against Bill Self. Like he he's won the conference so many times, but you know what? I think we need to change, Riley. Because I've been saying that. I've been saying it's so tough to bet against Bill Self. It's so tough to do this. It's so tough to do that. You know what? Maybe it's not as tough as we think. Okay. I'm maybe we need to stop giving them such a pass just because they have Bill Self. I get it. Like at worst, Kansas will probably find themselves as a five seed. That'll be detrimental to the program but at the same time there's so much going on like the you know all in one day with kansas a player is dismissed for rape they get a recruit and then they get recruiting violations there's a lot going on and then there's all a bunch of nonsense about what happened at the midnight madness i don't care what any kansas fan says your own coach was in a tizzy about what happened so you can't tell me just to look over it and act like it's nothing i'm going with texas to win the big 12 and I've been wanting to make that pick because I love Texas. Kansas has done nothing but give me more reason to pick Texas. Um, I like also holding stock and, you know, staking a claim to being like the one guy that wants Roddy Terry to succeed as well. Um, I think it'd be really good to see him do it. Uh, I thought he had the chance to do it last year in the tournament. And that Texas team was playing extremely well towards the end of the season. So uh, I like what they added in the portal, obviously. Dylan Mitchell coming back will be good. DeSue's back as well. Um, so I'm I think I'm gonna go ahead and actually make the full leap to Texas being the team that wins the Big 12. I endorse that message. That's my pick. Um I to just put it plainly, I think Max Aismas and Tyrese Hunter is the best backcourt in the country. I love that duo. Uh we gotta see how it works. But I, Tyrese Hunter is the one that like is the most interesting to me because I thought he was going to be their best player last year. And I thought for the first month of the season, he was their best player. And then all of a sudden that just stopped. And like, I mean, Marcus Carr was playing really well. So I think that's why it stopped. And Texas was obviously good, but it's just like, like he just stagnated, never really uh, got over the hump. And he would have a game like once every three weeks where you saw the flashes of like, Oh, this kid's insane when he plays well, but it wasn't consistent. I like the fit for Hunter better next to Acemas because I think Acemas is going to be almost better off ball than he is on ball for this team. I know he had to do everything at Oral Roberts, but I like him being able to step into a more complimentary role. And I think Hunter works best on ball and Marcus Carr just needed the ball to be effective mm-hmm. last year. So um, I've also said it before, the most valuable asset in college basketball is a lottery pick type who returns for their sophomore season. Uh, Not that Dylan Mitchell would have been a lottery pick, but McDonald's All-Americans back in year two typically take a massive jump. So I'm expecting that from Mitchell. I love this core. And they have Dylan DeSue. And uh, Carter has said that anything that has Dylan DeSue is a big threat. Dylan DeSue was really good towards the end of last season. He was. I'm with Carter on that. I, and also, I got to add one more note on Dylan Mitchell. For one, Greg, agree with you completely on Tyrese Hunter. Like, people forget when he entered the portal, he was, like, consensus top three dude available, like his freshman year after Iowa, at Iowa State. Um, but with Dylan Mitchell, this should only give you more confidence. I ranked him, I think, fifth or sixth in my Almanac breakout player list. And in some internal internal dialogues there was one member um of the almanac team whose name rhymes with pawn shawl who said dylan mitchell (laughs) who was not in on dylan mitchell being that high so (laughs) so that means he's gonna be first team all big 12 correct all right uh moving on to the big east and john panza actually picked the official big east team of sleepers creighton 
I have absolutely no problem with this pick. Um, I think that a lot of people are going with Marquette, but Marquette did lose a really good player in Omax. Um, and this Creighton team basically brings back, you know, everybody except for Nevhar. But, you know, the streets are telling me my my uh, Stephen Ashworth correspondent, Riley Davis, who's with us today, is telling me that Ashworth might even be better, honestly, in this offense than uh, Nevhard was. Not saying he's necessarily a better player, but just you have a, a 42%, I think it was, three-point shooter. Like, it's going to be amazing for their offense. I'm completely in on Creighton. I have a Creighton future place currently. Uh, I have no problem with this pick. Anybody else got any problems with this pick? Greg, I'm I feel like it, you're thick. I feel like you're thinking right now, like you want to go against me, like we're not a Creighton podcast. Well, I'm I'm throwing to Riley first on all of these, but uh, since you directed it my way, I'll go Creighton, um, or I'll I'll give my pick. I'm not going Creighton. We are a Creighton podcast. I want to make that clear. I'm not backing away from that. Although the uh, the Elite Eight rings terrify me, like that's <laughs> we we have to have a conversation about that. And I we even had like some Creighton accounts, like Creighton Twitter accounts coming in that are like, this is normal. Everybody does this. That scared me more than the fact that they got elite eight rings. Like I can't enter a fan base for a season that is supportive of this nonsense and not calling it out. Uh, no, I think Marquette wins the regular season. I'll leave it at that. I don't love this Marquette team, but uh, I, I mean, they did it last year and they bring pretty much everybody back in my opinion. Um, I get like, there's one massive departure. They bring the backcourt back. They bring four of their top five back. They've got guys who can step up into bigger roles. And like, I don't think it was a small feat winning the big East regular season and tournament last year. Like the big East was great. UConn was in that conference as was three other really good teams that aren't Marquette and Marquette was the best one for over the entire course of the season, like to the point that we weren't even like, not too many people were in on UConn coming into the NCAA tournament. I know some people picked them like final four, but like that team was a four seed because I mean, Mar Marquette was the team, right? Like that's sort of who it was out of the big East. So I think it's going to happen again. I will sell them in March. I will not back them in the NCAA tournament when we get there, but I will back them to win the regular season title. Yeah. I really want to go with UConn. Um, but what's holding me back from picking it is Klingon's health with his foot injury. And also just the fact that like coming off a national title, you might be a little, might have a little bit of the championship hangover that gets him off to a slow start. I, I'm fine with either the Marquette or Creighton pick between the two. I mean, I don't know what the odds would be on it, but I would assume they'd be close to even. Um, but I, I'd lean Trey, excuse me, Creighton because of Trey Alexander and even going with that Ashworth pairing. Um, he's a better off ball player than Nimhard was, which lets Trey Alexander cook on ball. And I mean, he's the guy who I've been beating the drum for all offseason that I think we could get like a all American type of year out of him. So I'll, I'll, I'll pick Creighton as well. I, I'm all good with the Creighton pick and honestly, the UConn pick over uh, Gildan Brand, Archie Diacono over there at Marquette. Uh, moving on to the West Coast of the Pac-12, uh, our good friend John Fanta picked Arizona to win the Pac-12. The last year, the Pac-12 is interesting to me, and I'm going, you know, every such every such which way with this. And this might be no, this is going to be a hot take, but I really don't care. I truly think that Colorado is going to find a way to win the big uh, the Pac-12 this season, especially because all the coaches in the media picked them fifth this year in the conference. I think that just ups the chip. Uh, I love Simpson. I love Silva. Um, you know, for as 
all over the map he is, I'm still an Eddie Lampkin fan and just all the antics and everything like that. And then you bring in a lottery talent and Cody Williams, who is one of the best freshmen in the country. So I'm buying stock in Colorado having a chip on their shoulder and Arizona still will play Caleb Love a lot of minutes. And I don't think people realize that can go good one way. Like that could get you to win in the Pac-12. That could also have you playing on the first day of the tournament of the Pac-12 as well, if you're not careful. So uh, I think I'm going to go with Colorado as my Pac-12 pick. Yeah, and I know you mentioned De Silva, but I just got to give a shout out to him as the best small forward in the country per Andy Cat. So love that pick with Colorado. Love the buffs. Uh, Let's go buffs. <laughs> I'm going to go with USC, though, because I love Isaiah Collier. I think he's about to put up some stupid numbers. Well, in, so is Boogie Ellis. Like, I think they both could average like 16, 17 a game. Like Boogie Ellis put up, I think, 17 or 18 last year. Um, I love that backcourt. I think that get, that gives them a high floor any given night. Plus, like Andy Enfield just always has that stable of like either high four star or five star bigs that he can just throw out there um, between like Kajani Wright. Vince Iwachuklu, I think they have someone else too. And if they get Bronny back, it's over. I love the USC pick. That was my runner-up here. Uh, I would not be surprised if they win this conference. And I think I would probably back them in March over any other team in the Pac-12. But my pick is a team that I, ah, man, I feel like I'm like a drug addict with this program. It's Arizona. It's Arizona. I know it's bad for my health. Uh, I know it's extremely bad for my health now that they added Caleb Love. There's nothing worse for my physical and mental health than rooting for Caleb Love. But um, I think they're the best roster. I think they're the most complete roster. I think Umar Balo is going to be fantastic now that it's sort of him alone in the front court. Not that him and Tubelis didn't work together, but I'm pretty excited about seeing what Balo can do as like the first front court option now instead of the complimentary guy. I think Kashad Johnson is one of the most underrated pickups any program in the country has had again Arizona's issue last year was just they had no interest in playing defense it was like USC football like you just couldn't take them seriously on one side of the ball now you take Kishaw Johnson and put him in and like he's coming from the elite defense in college basketball that made it all the way to the title game all the intangible bullshit like I don't think he's gonna let the rest of the guys get away with mistakes when he's on the court. Uh, they still have one of my favorite players in the country in Pell Larson. They got a brand new backcourt, but like, I think they have enough guys in the backcourt that Tommy Lloyd can actually just say, Hey, Caleb, like ride the bench today. Like they're not going to need to play him 30 minutes when Boswell and Pell and Jaden Bradley are all right there. Um, so I think it can work. I know I'm probably crazy for believing it can work, but uh, I think that's the best roster by far. Last flyer I want to say on this is there's a watch put out. I got a little bookmark put in on a couple bigs that people expect to take leaps this season because they could be the first option and or have more space. And I just want to push back that sometimes being the number one option, having more space doesn't always equal, you know, leaps. And I think for me, Cliff Amarui and Umar Balo fall into that category. So I'm just I'm keeping a close eye on that. You I feel uh, like you really don't believe Balo has any substance to his offensive game. And you keep lumping him in with bigs who are just like total catch and dunk bigs. And I think that's a, a big miss by you. I just want to say that. Really? Okay. I, I personally think he's just a catch and dunk big, yeah. I, but, but a really good one at this, like he's got good hands. Like that's, that's special. Having a big that can catch is special. I think he has uh, a lot and, more I mean, than that. And he runs the floor really well. I feel like yeah. that's like 
I don't know if I'm, is Amorie is he good on is he like I don't know I haven't watched Rutgers much I just know I know y'all have discussed him a good bit on this podcast recently but does he have yeah. like athletic like does he have speed like that or like conditioning yeah like that? Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah oh yeah okay. he's, yeah he's, that's what he has and I feel like people think it's going to be more than that um gotcha good transition here to the Big Ten. I don't even know if we need to discuss this one pretty further in my eyes. Uh, John Fanta picked Purdue, and I think that's the right pick. You picked the team that won the Big Ten last season and won the Big Ten tournament and got better. Oh, I think we should discuss it a little further, don't you think, Carl? No, no, because I'm kind of sick of discussing Purdue, to be honest with you. I mean, but that's not your pick. You just endorsed Fanta's pick of Purdue, but anytime you've been asked to make the pick, you picked a different team than Purdue. I mean, every day is a new day. So are you picking Purdue? Like, can we get you on record? You can't keep flip-flopping it. Is Purdue going to win the Big Ten? As of today, yeah. See, that's – I am not a fan of your game right now. That's when, so when do I when, when do I have to put in my official pick? <laughs> like two days ago, you said you're going with Michigan oh, to, State. Oh, I mean, if I'm going to be held to this, I'm picking Michigan State. So are you picking Purdue or are you picking Michigan State? I'm picking Michigan State. I understand why everybody else is picking Purdue. It makes sense. But you just picked Purdue. Because it makes sense, and I need to be logical in a very illogical world. Okay. Riley, who's your pick, man? Barton Dogs. Yes, sir. I just, like, I know I – Greg, I feel like – I know Greg was, like, going to bat hard for Braden Smith throughout the summer. Kind of opened my eyes to his game. I was unfamiliar with how good he was last year. Went back and did, did some research crunch the tape like Braden Smith I think will have a huge sophomore leap and I don't think Purdue's guards will be the liability they were last year but it's just I can't get away from this Michigan State roster like I love the upside of it I love the freshman class coming in and the fact that they have enough vets back that they're not gonna have to rely on Xavier Booker Cohen Carr Garrick Norman like in January when conference play starts they can lean on Tyson they can lean on Hogard but come February, late February, early March, like I feel like Xavier Booker is going to be a difference maker. I think um, Cohen Carr is going to have some sort of a role. So, yeah, that's that's where I'm just like they, they have that quintessential blend you look for of reliable veterans who have been there, who have done it on a big stage. Uh, and they also have high upside freshmen and future pros. I love the Michigan State roster. I really do. I love both teams. I think they're both very good teams. It's great. The Big Ten has two great teams again. But. Yeah, come on. Like when one of these cores has lost 13 games every single season, one of them was the best team in the country for much of last season. And also got better, by the way, like all the, all the things we're saying about Michigan state, like, Ooh, a a loaded freshman class. Purdue has that too. At positions of need. Uh, Relax. I don't think, I don't think Colvin, they got got Colvin. That's it. Colvin Hyde. Hyde's not a freshman. He is a redshirt freshman. Okay, but like that's, that's loaded but class. Are there, are there going to be new guys on the floor for Purdue this season that were not last season that upgrade them at areas of need? Yes. Yeah, I guess I'm just nitpicking on the loaded class part. Okay, <laughs> I, but I'm I'm envisioning how this impacts the guys on the floor because no mm. matter how many stars Michigan State's recruiting class got, it's not going to matter when Madi Sissoko's on the floor in crunch time over them. So. Purdue, I feel you also very told confident. me yes. You also told me yesterday that you're out on Miles Colvin. Uh, yeah, I am. I have questions about Miles Colvin. Brian <laughs> Brian Waddell, though. That's yeah, 
That's a guy. That's a guy. That's a guy. Great name. That's a guy. I just they have they have new faces, new answers. Kaufman Ren's a huge upgrade. Nobody's talking about that either. Again, mi- mi- everyone on Michigan State's going to take a leap. Nobody on Purdue is. That's what I've been led to believe all offseason. So uh, that's kind of what would need to happen for Michigan State to win this league, in my opinion. All right. And the last team here, SEC. Uh, John Fanta pick Arkansas. Must bust to win this one. I would go against this. I think Alabama wins the SEC this season. And I know SEC country is going to come at me and tell me that Tennessee should be the team that's going to win the regular season. I'm good. They got Viscovi and they got Rick Barnes. Not my cup of tea, not my cup of anything. Uh, I'm going with Bama. I love Nelson. <laughs> I just, I mean, I'm just not going to let this go that Greg just drooled to my left <laughs> just a Did second I? ago. Yes, like visible spit just came from your wow. mouth and dripped onto your desk. That's wild. Uh, but I mean, some some people get that type of sensation when talking about Grant Nelson playing basketball. So I don't, I don't blame you. Uh, and I'm in on Sears and I'm in on Estrada as a backcourt. Um, so yeah, I think, I think Bama is going to win the SEC this season. I'm going to go with Texas A&M. I feel like they have the least amount of question marks on the roster with that backcourt with, uh, Wade Taylor, Tyrese Radford. Um, like I, there's part of me that wants to go with Kentucky. Cause I think, come the NCAA tournament, they have the highest ceiling of any of those teams, but again, freshman heavy team might take a little while to get things going. Um, so yeah, I'll, I'll rock with the Aggies. I'm fascinated by Texas A&M because they went 15 and three in the SEC last year. They lost seven games not in the SEC last year, including that's, a loss to Wofford, which is really bad. <laughs> that's just it's really hard for me to compute that. Like the SEC was good last year, and Texas A&M went 15 and three, but lost seven games outside. Like that just doesn't make any sense to me. I don't know which one is the real them. It's like. Two Face back to talking superheroes with Carter. Like he's like Harvey Dent right now. I don't know which side's the real side. Um, I I don't know. I don't love the SEC this year. Uh, I don't really trust any of these teams. I don't trust Alabama because Grant Nelson has some good dunk in practice videos. Uh, I don't trust Auburn, even though I want to trust Auburn because I love Aiden Holloway. I am not really buying Tennessee the way everybody wants me to buy Tennessee, but I know all the numbers say Tennessee. Like Miyakawa has Tennessee second in the country. Um, I don't know. I want to buy Kentucky. Is that bad? I I saw the picture of Big Z next to John Calipari. Did you guys see that yesterday? He's Mm -hmm. huge. Like Big Z is humongous. I think I'm going to go Kentucky just because Big Z is humongous. You're kind of swaying me on Kentucky just talking it out because they also have Antonio Reeves, who's like the steadying presence. Like yeah. we are, we are big Antonio Reeves fans here. So you're, I don't know if I want to trust Buzz Williams either for a whole conference season. So maybe I'll flip with you and go Kentucky. I th- if the safe pick is the one you're trying to pick, I think it's Tennessee, but that's not fun. I don't want, so yeah, right. I'm going Kentucky. We're going Kentucky. I so like, well, right, I, Art, I, I, it kind of looks like you're being held hostage right now. I don't know what's going on there. No, my my wife was trying to get the Apple Watch charger, and she was like looking at me to grab it, and I was like, "It's it's like right there, like you you, you can get that." <laughs> um, okay, I think we can all agree though that we would we would not go Arkansas with this pick, but you know what? That's part of picks. People are going to judge you on your picks. Thank you guys for indulging in that exercise with me in that topic. Uh, I know that went a little long because we had to go through three teams, but this next one will be a little bit quicker. Uh, because we have Riley Davis, you know, ACC sleepers correspondent, 
Um, yes, I said ACC correspondent. Tristan, don't comment. You're not our correspondent. You don't want it bad enough. I mean, it, it just is what it is. Um, I want to do a little preseason honors thing with the ACC. I want to pick a player of the year. I want to do a breakout player of the year, a wild card team. So a wild card is like, I guess, high ceiling, very low floor. And then a sleeper team, a team that no one's really um, no one's really talking about. Um, so let's go ahead and start with the player of the year in the ACC. I know I just gave a Nigel Pack shout. Um, I think I might stay might stay firm on that pick. I think Nigel Pack ends up being ACC player of the year over guys um, like Duke. Now, Duke might win the ACC, but because they're so talented, it might be a little more balanced and the stats won't be there. If you give me like Miami as a second or third team, and Nigel Pack's averaging 18 and six. I think those are player of the year type numbers. So I'm going to go Nigel Pack uh, for ACC player of the year. I kind of feel like Kyle Filipowski deserves the preseason award, like, and that I would just sound like a hater if I don't give him that because he is a, you know, potential lottery pick who averaged 15 and nine last year. The hips, again, like we've talked about this on the show before, like hip surgery is a big deal. Like you can't just, gloss over that and I want to see that he still is that that same guy that he was last year and honestly better so I I would lean Filipowski I think like if I'm if I'm voting with my heart I think Armando Baycott finally gets it done because he's sort of been like he was on the the cusp of that two years ago was the runner-up to Alondis Williams when they went to the national championship game um but yeah I'll, I'll I'll go Filipowski I'm going off the board on this one uh buckle up boys Judah Mintz is my pick for ACC player. Holy. I'm picking Judah Mintz. I'm picking Judah Mintz. I think he is the best player in this conference. Really? Wow. I I will put it simple as that. I think Judah Mintz could be a first-team All-American. I get Flip is good. I don't get the Proctor hype. I think that's been gassed up way too far. Uh, I think those guys and everyone on Duke are going to hurt each other's numbers individually. No one's going to have player of the year numbers. I think RJ Davis might oddly have a better chance at winning player of the year than Armando Baycott does. I I like the Pat call out. I think Pat could absolutely win it. I picked Miami to win the league, so I wouldn't be surprised there, but I'm, I'm trusting my gut on this and saying that I think Judah Mintz is the most talented player here. I think he could have the production. I think the guy who murders people with his car is gone. And I think there's going to be an uplifting presence for that locker room and for Judah himself. Again, I love lottery picks that come back for their sophomore year. That's Judah Mintz. Yeah. Hey, I got, I got some Syracuse love coming later. So uh, I don't think that's great. I think it's a little crazy, Um, but yeah, just, just know, I, I see you. I I respect you. I think it's a little out there, but yeah. So we, you know what? Now I'm diving into this more. We said like a great year for like Nigel Pack could average like 17 and five, right? That could happen. Right. Mm Mm-hmm. What did Judah Mintz average last year, boys? No, no. Okay, but part of that 17 but, to 5 is that Miami might be a top three team in the right, ACC. Right. Syracuse, like, Syracuse, like the, the Syracuse could be in the dormant. What if they're not, though? Like, uh, they have the talent to be okay. Where This ACC is not like the Big East where there's seven great teams. They just got to yeah, be like fourth. Okay, but 17 and 5 for Nigel Pack at two or three team in the ACC – Okay, you get 19 and four out of Judah Mintz, but they're like the fifth team in the ACC. Which way are you leaning for player of the year? Judah Mintz averaged 16 and five last year. I just want to say that. Like, let's. Did he really? 
Yeah, can I give you – I want to read you just – box. this is one of my favorite games to play. Here's Judah Mintz's last uh, – hold on, let me tally this up. Three, four, five, six, seven. Judah Mintz's last seven games of the year. 20 points, nine assists, one turnover. 18 points, one assist. 23 points, one assist. 16.6 assists. 23.7 assists. 17 points, five assists. 18.7 assists. I said every single night guy like this, this flipped on I'm in, I think his numbers are going to be here. I think at minimum, he's like 18 and five this year. I think there's a world where he's like 20 and six this year. And uh, I look, I don't know if they'll be good or not, but I know that Judah Mintz and whoever's with Judah Mintz should beat like Pitt and like the six worst teams in this conference. It's not gonna be hard to win games in the ACC. If you have a lottery pick. I'm not I'm not mad at that. Uh I do have some Syracuse love coming in the other part of this segment as well. So I'm gonna shift to that right now. And I don't know if this aligns with where Riley was going, but uh my breakout player of the year is JJ Starling from Syracuse. Mm. And I feel like that might be the reason that Judah doesn't average those type of crazy numbers because last year he was playing, you know, even though honestly those are impressive numbers that he put those up with Joe Girard and the type of player he is. Uh, but let's also not forget that Judah Mintz got slapped by Doug Edder and didn't do anything about it. That's that docks any box score thing you can read to me. Uh, but my breakout player is J.J. Starling. I think that he's a McDonald's All-American. I was high on him coming out of Lalu. I think he's a really, really good player. Um, and he came off the board extremely early in the transfer portal. So it's kind of like people moved on from how good of an ad that was. But like it. If he was maybe, I guess, entering the portal at a different time, people would be talking about him a lot differently. And I think he's a really good player. And I think he has a chance to form one, a really good backcourt with him and Judah. So I, I got J.J. Starling as my breakout player of the year in the ACC. Yeah, I'll stay with the backcourt love and go to Miami, actually, uh, and go Wooga Poplar. I think Wooga Poplar is, you know, he'll be a perfect second banana next to uh, Nigel Pack. I don't think, like, He's going to average the type of numbers that Isaiah Wong did last year by any means or get close to that. I want to say Wong was at 14 or 15 points a game um, and Pack was maybe at 13 or 14 a game. Um, so I, I like Pack getting that bump to like 16, 17, 18 and Poplar probably settles in more at like a 12, 13 point per game score, but he does everything else really well. He'll be their best defender. And for a team that like desperately needs someone on the perimeter to step up and play some defense. I think that's going to be really vital, good secondary playmaker. And he's like super clutch. It seemed like in the, throughout the ACC tournament, NCAA tournament, Wuga Poplar was knocking down corner threes when they needed it. So that's my breakout guy. Are we doing, what other ones are we doing after this? Are we doing like transfer and freshman of the year? No, we're just doing wild card team and sleeper team. Okay. Then I feel like I could go to some of the names that I want to do here. Um, can I pick a freshman for breakout player of the year? I'll allow it. I'm going Kai Sean George from Miami. So you love Miami this, this season. I like Miami a lot this season. Are you familiar okay. with Kai Sean at all? Uh, I am because you told me. Or are you talking to Riley? Sorry. I'm talking about you guys. Yeah, I haven't watched him. All I know is just from like what I've seen on Twitter. He's like a six eight shooter. Um, did he play professionally internationally or something? Wasn't played, that played professionally okay. internationally? Like had some very solid numbers in a very solid league, and is yeah, he's a six foot eight, two hundred pound freshman guard. <laughs> I, I love this. Like I think he's a professional bucket. Um, I, I will not be surprised at all if he's like a 10 plus points per game scoring freshman next to Nigel Pack, and they're very, very good. 
very excited to watch Miami this season. It'll also, his name is Kaishon George. Great name. That's Kid like Gorgeous. Kid Gorgeous two point oh. It might be Kid Gorgeous two point oh. Okay. All right. We're gonna move on to the wild card team, and wild card team is high, high, like high ceiling, but also very low floor team. Um, Riley, can I throw it to you first on this one? Yeah, for sure. I'm. That's this is what I was hinting at with Syracuse. I think this ceiling is like a second weekend team because that backcourt's awesome. I think Mints like Mints average like Greg said sixteen a game last year, and he hit eight threes. <laughs> he hit less. He hit single digit threes. If he can even make like fifteen or twenty threes this year, uh, I mean that opens up a whole new level of his game. I love the JJ Starling pickup, like you said, Card. They also brought in Ch- Chance Westry, um, who's a former top forty guy from Auburn, who's six 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 wing, which like this league doesn't have many guys with that combo like with that size and skill combo um plus they got a bunch of sophomores who are like might be able to hit their stride like chris bell another six seven guy malik brown six eight like they have so much length uh and and guys who are who could make that freshman to sophomore leap um plus benny williams is back who's another img kid who kind of came on a little bit last year like he was pretty much unplayable as a freshman and got to be pretty serviceable down the stretch of, of uh, conference play. So uh, yeah, I love the Syracuse team ceiling, but there's also a chance like if red Austria just like is a bad coach, they're going to drop some games that they shouldn't and maybe finish, you know, below like at 500 in the ACC or something and are NIT bound. Okay. Uh, I think I'm going UNC on this one and I'm high on UNC, but I truly think that it could go South for them. Um, it gets to a point where there's like, oh man, life isn't sweeter on the other side without Caleb Love. Oh, maybe it was us. Um, and based off what I've seen, and it might change with the players that are coming into this team, obviously. But when I talk about teams that I don't think react well to adversity, UNC falls falls in that mold. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what happens when things don't go well. That's why I kind of give them the the high ceiling, uh, low floor, because I also think they could get it together and they have enough talent and players to be a team that challenges for an ACC title. I believe that. Um, but I do think they got a, a, a very realistic floor too of kind of falling off the map. Mm-hmm. I'm really sorry, but I'm confused on the prompt now. Is this, this is team we think could underachieve? No, it's a team that it, could it, either. It, it, it's, like a... it, yeah. The, the term was wild card team. Um, so like for the big 10, I would say it's like Indiana. Like, I think Indiana could be really good, but they could also be real bad. Oh, so like a boomer bust scenario. Kind of. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. yeah. I guess wildcard is not the word. Okay. 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 Um, yeah, that's tough. Cause all the teams like I would highlight here, I think are either just like, I don't know, like guaranteed to bust or like, I don't have many I'm concerned about the outcomes from, I think North Carolina is going to take a step forward and be good. Um, but I think that probably has to be the answer here. They're probably still the most volatile group just by default. Like I, I would like to say Virginia, but I don't see a world where Virginia's good enough to qualify for boomer bust. I just think they're a bust. Um, and then you go down the list. Like if this was supposed to be like slept on team, I was honestly going to talk myself into Notre Dame or Louisville, but like there's, there's no real boom there. Like a boom would be like win six games in the ACC for them. So I guess yeah, by Vir- default, it's North Carolina. Virginia is like round of 64 bus. That's their boom. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I got, I got to go Carolina by default. And I think the other teams we mentioned, like I think Syracuse and Miami 
I really think are going to be good teams. So I can't uh, envision them busting. Okay. Uh, you know what? I'm doing an audible here because my last one was sleeper team. And I feel like that's kind of redundant to what we already talked about. I think it's, it's, you know, it was already spoken about, but I do want to throw it out there. We threw it out a couple episodes ago. I don't know why you are sleep. I mean, I know why you are sleeping on Louisville and I'm not saying that they're going to make a jump this season, but like, I'm not selling my sky Clark stock. Dennis Evans is seven foot nine. Like they got some type of things there. I don't know what that's going to look like, but I think it'll look better than last year. So I'm going to go ahead and keep holding that stock. Um, So thank you guys for indulging on that ACC exercise with me. Um, And because that went a little bit too long, I'm going to have to shift from our, our Bucks Lions talk, unfortunately, even though the Lions are going to beat the Bucks. Uh, I think they're still Riley's Bucks. I'm not really sure they nowadays. Bucks. Well, it's, it's Bucks? Riley's okay. Lions, we've been told. So Yeah, so, I mean, I don't, <laughs> I don't know. Hashtag one pride, baby. <laughs> yeah, okay, see, I just don't know how that <laughs> operates. But we're actually going to shift to seeing where our good friend GFED is currently right now because – I'm I'm getting word that he's in some stadium somewhere because that's exactly what G Fed does. So we're gonna swing it over to our sleepers correspondent, uh, G Fed, and see what he's up to really quick here. Aging sleepers correspondent, G Fed. Uh, G Fed is dialing us in from the road on his many escapades. Where the hell are you, G Fed? Yeah, guys. Uh, let me stand up a little bit to get a full like 360. So. I'm currently at Western Illinois University, home of the Leatherheads. Uh, the mascot that they use is a bulldog. I think that with Leatherheads, there's a lot better options than that, but I, I digress. Um, and we're um, on stop two of four, possibly five, of going to every directional Illinois school in a day. And um, I got a surprise stop at the end, if I can make it, that's going to have a uh, little guest appearance. So um, hoping we can put that all together. Um, for a good video for you, but that's what uh, that's been my mission today. Started off in Chicago at five in the morning, and probably won't get back until well after midnight. So, hell of a day, hell of a day for your boy. Incredible, hardest working man in showbiz. <laughs> I mean, you, you 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 truly can't make this up. I mean, there's a lot of there's there's very few people. This is what makes you special, G Fed. There's very few people in the world who wake up one day and they're like, you know what? Every directional school in the state. Let's make that happen. Let's make this so. And it, it, this this video right now, this calling is everything I could have wanted it to be because you're literally calling in from one of the stadiums at the stop. I, I truly respect it. So okay. I mean, go ahead. <laughs> so I say the way that I see it, I mean, Illinois is my home state, and I don't know if this is a good sleepers question. I was kind of wondering on the way here, how many states are there where you have a directional school for north, south, east, and west? I mean, I got to take advantage of that while I'm on. Uh, in a state that offers it. So that was that was a big idea there. But yeah, sleepers question of the day. Name one more college state that has four D1 programs in every direction. I certainly can't. In fact, I'm starting to think we should probably start Southern Michigan. I feel like if that existed, it could be a powerhouse. And between our pipelines of Western and Eastern Michigan, Cart, we could probably create something special. I think we need to I focus think- on making those schools good before we uh, start adding more directional schools. Jackson, Michigan's due for a college. We can do it. <laughs> Don't know Back. about that. Uh, any any response to the allegations that your potential surprise special guest in the state of Illinois is the one and only Kendall Jenner? She was seen yesterday uh, at Cam's in Champaign. I would not be surprised whatsoever if she's drawn in by the mustache. I feel like there's a side quest here. 
I'm a five star recruit, guys. I'm not a six star. We're not making that happen. <laughs> Understood. <laughs> I'm sorry. All right. So you you had one of the wildest weekends that uh, I've seen on the internet in a while. You were in Louisville last week. You told us you had two goals. Goal number one, get a win. Mission accomplished. Louisville beats Notre Dame. Goal number two, we gave you. We said, find Sky Clark, friend of the show. Not only did you find Sky Clark, you were like with him all day. Like that wasn't just like a quick picture. You're just like texting me and Card on the side. Like, yeah, me and my girl just left Sky's whip. So what the hell happened? Like, are you just best friends with Sky Clark now? What happened? Um, yeah, Sky Sky is a great guy. Um, made a smart decision being a friend of sleepers. I knew being a friend of sleepers is gonna be a great guy. Let's put that forward right there. Um, but yeah, I really thought going in, um, you know, I've only had a following for like two months as I've changed. So sometimes I underestimate like when people care about me. Um, and uh, I hit him up and he was all about meeting me. He's seen my, you know, stuff before and um, he just wanted to kick it with G Fed. So he came to my tailgate. I didn't go to the basketball tailgate. He came to mine, um, pulled up. I believe it was, it was an Audi or a BMW, some, some nice NIL web that Louisville's putting together for him. Um, they treat him well down there. And, um, you know, we hung out at the collision course for a bit. Um, I had a couple of drinks. He was driving, so, of course, he, uh, you know, weaned off of that a bit. But um, we had um, a stop at another tailgate, talked about, um, you know, life in basketball, talked about his time in Cali, talked about where he spends a lot of his NIL money. Lawrence Sky Clark's a big Lego guy. Um, very humble, respectable way to be using that that cash coming in that he uh, well deserved, and um, we just we had a great time. Louisville was great. The community was awesome. Got a lot of love and support from uh, the stuff that I'm doing out there, and um, they're really own, owning me as one of their own more than any other school is out there. So you know, the more you give, the more you get. So I'm happy to come down there again to have a good time with Sky, the boys, and uh, anybody else who wants to see me down in the 502. I'm not one to challenge states. I'm not one to do that, G Fed. But all I'm saying is that the state, the the the, the city, the state of Louisville, from the official page, tweeted you and said that you are like officially a part of Louisville. So I don't. I'm just saying. I know you're in Illinois right now. I know you're in Chicago. We cannot let Illinois get too comfortable with having you because you are a five star recruit, my friend. And there's a lot of states and a lot of places out there that want you. And we knew giving you that side quest that, you know, honestly, we had faith you were going to get it done. We didn't know that you were going to just absolutely crush it and, and just make it the greatest thing ever. So salute to you, my friend. Yeah. You're one for one. Kudos. Uh, also, not a surprise to anyone listening to this at all that Sky Clark is a Lego guy because anything involved with Sky Clark, if it goes well, is a beautiful masterpiece. If it goes horrible, it breaks into a million little pieces. That's very <laughs> on brand. Uh, so not only were you in Louisville hanging with our boy, having a great time, uh, you also seem to have Roger Goodell after you do you want to address that you put the tiktok out basically saying the basics of what happened with your nfl content plan and why you've had to pivot but uh this is a, a slightly longer form version if you if you want the platform to do so what's with roger goodell chasing you down all right all right so i said i had a small tweet about this on um, on sunday night i had a little bit longer of a tiktok yesterday on monday and I think I can elaborate a little bit more, but um, one thing I will elaborate on is I am in the NFL's good graces as far as, you know, outside of messing around, you know, in places that I probably 
you know, I don't, I wouldn't even say probably, but where they don't want me to be, they like overall what is going on overall with that said, um, some parts of what I'm doing, not as much. Was I in contact with Roger Goodell? No. Um, but from what I had come down on me, um, I just know I'm going to need to switch up my content a little bit as far as the NFL goes. Um, positive news, I have some plans for that. So that's looking great. But um, it's just going to look a little bit different to, you know, do some positive stuff for the league and for myself in, in, the, in the manner that we want to do it. So um, that's about what I'll, I'll give you right now. But, yeah, there's a lot going on behind the scenes. And I, I promise it's going to look good once we get the finished product. We, we did send Mr. Goodell this Zoom link. Uh, we we're going to moderate just a little. We we're going to you know, be the middle ground and see if we can get on the same page here. But it, it's good to know that you're still in the, in the, good, in the good graces of the NFL and Roger Goodell. Yeah, it's good which to is, know which that- is why Which is why we're keeping a little confidential, you know, when, uh, when those guys talk, you listen. So that's what I'm, that's what I'm doing right now. Yeah, it's good. It's good to know that Sleepers Media is aligned with the NFL, by the way. Like now my foot is in the door and I feel I got to be honest. I feel like I'm talking a little bit to a hostage here. So like you don't have to say anything in response to this, but just like tap two times if you were in a room with 24 NFL police officers over the weekend. If you need help, I will get there and try to save you. You don't have to respond to that. But just tap two times. I got your back. That's part of why you're here with sleepers. Uh, going forward, though, I mean, you're obviously on this trip. You're in Illinois. There's directional schools everywhere. You sent me your itinerary of where you're going next. A couple Big Ten schools on that list. Would you like to reveal what stops are coming up next from a Big Ten perspective? I don't want to reveal the exact stops, but I will reveal that for the first time publicly that this Sunday and Monday, I will be in Cleveland. So with that being said, you guys can kind of do some math on where I might be. But uh, that's where gonna, that's where the anchor of the trip is going to be starting up this weekend. Can I, can I give you a side quest to the place I think you're going that is next to Cleveland? Sure. All right. I, again, don't know if this is confirmed or not. I'm just going to infer that it is. My side quest to you this week. You're one for one. I want you to go two for two. Shake Chris Holtman's hand. That is your side quest. I think that's doable too. Chris Holtman, friend of the show card. Yes, yes. He, he's a he's a listener and a fan of Greg and I's. We've met him a couple of times. He's actually uh, contacted us on social media as well. So big Chris Holtman guy. And I and I yeah, I could see you two hitting it off with a very firm, good handshake as well. Not a dap. Not a dab. No, I'm talking about, I mean, good interlocking of thumbs, like just real good handshake, emoji style. Okay. G-Fed, how do you feel about that quest? I feel good about it. The dabs are for the players, the handshakes are for the coaches. So we got that uh, already established, and uh, I'm ready to do it firm. Prior to doing this job, I started a good amount of time in sales. So um, I know a thing or two about a good handshake. Such a generational talent here. All right. If you want to follow all of GFED's journey, of course, you should follow him. GFED Go Crazy, I believe, is the handle. Uh, GFED, give yourself the plug, please, on the show. We certainly want you to promote what you're doing. Absolutely. I mean, Greg said it himself best. GFED Go Crazy is my username on all platforms. Uh, TikTok being far and away the biggest one. But uh, we got some momentum going on on Twitter as well. Um, So, you know, I, I think if you want some tea leaves on what I'm doing, Get some news a little bit ahead, as you know, I just dropped my location for the first time on Sleepers for this weekend. 
You can find more of that stuff on Twitter. And um, if you find yourself in the neck of the woods on Instagram or Facebook, um, I'm also the same, the same username over there as well. So go find me there. Did you just drop the phrase dropping tea leaves? Is that what it was? Tea leaves? You haven't heard that? I haven't heard that. And GFAT, I don't, I don't want to be too forward, but man, I love you. <laughs> I do. I mean, you're just not, you're not getting that. You're not getting that anywhere. If I'm getting tea leaf lines dropped at the 50 yard line, like that's just, that's just what I need. This is, I, this, I love the vision. I love everything going on right now. I just had to say it. Speaking of the 52, can I leave with like, uh, can I change my view of my screen here? Is that, is that possible? Of course. Yeah, of course. How does, how does this, how do, I don't know how to flip this. I'm going to just do it the other way. That's so, fine. Got the Bulldog logo, Western Illinois, but at the 50, they have like this like naval bulldog right here. That I thought was really cool. Um, because Leatherhead, that is, or Leatherneck, that's a naval term. Bulldog is, you know, a different mascot, but you know, they put it all together on the 50, and I think it looks great. So while I'm using Western Illinois facility, love to shout him out. Thanks okay. Guys. Yeah. And also, Western Illinois money line confirmed this weekend. That's, that, that's okay. a go. <laughs> That's a go. Go Leathernecks, baby. All right, GFED, we appreciate you. If, if you stumble into this video following GFED stuff, you don't know who we are. Follow Sleepers Media as well. You'll keep getting a, a long-form update from GFED at least once a week and uh, updates on his side quest as well through the Sleepers Media channel. GFED, safe travels. Good luck. We hope you find Chris Holtman, and we'll talk to you next week. All right, thanks to Sleepers correspondent GFED. Uh, if you want to see all of his various doings this weekend and beyond, go follow him at GFED Go Crazy, but also follow us because he's going to keep coming on on a weekly basis and give us the the behind-the-scenes stories as he tries to track down uh, various quests that we give him. Riley, I, you haven't heard this, but I'm just going to tell you, our quest for him this week is to shake Chris Holtman's hand. Do you think the GFED will be successful in that quest? Yeah, I think he will be. I feel like that that's like a that to me seems easier than finding Sky Clark. So yes, I'm I'm confident in G Fed that he'll get that done. <laughs> I love with finding Sky, I feel like it's like like where's Waldo? Like that's what it was. He made it look so easy. It was impressive. Like I like I, I work with UNC students. I'm on cam- like I'm on paternity leave now, but I'm on campus most every day. And like if you told me to go find Pax and Wojcik, like I don't think I'm going to find packs of Wojcik if you give me like even in an eight hour span. Maybe I can. But like, it's not like you just see these guys out in the open everywhere. They kind of keep to themselves. Like that's that's why the Sky Clark thing was so incredible to me. I'm, you just left a really good joke open. and I'm, I'm going to take advantage of it. I feel like if you put me in UNC's campus, OK, and I got to find packs and Wojcik. There's a list of places I'm starting at, and I feel like okay, I that's find fair. it in like 30 minutes. <laughs> All right, that's fair. That's I'm fair. just I'm just throwing that out there. <laughs> oh goodness! All right, let's move to one big thing presented as always by Big B. Uh, Riley, before we all give our one big thing, do you have any coffee intake update as a father now? Have you updated the caffeine on a day to day basis like I did? Not really. I'm like a, a one cup, maybe two cup a day kind of guy. Um, I love making cold brew and I haven't been able to do that since becoming a father until last night. So that was a, a welcome return to like my coffee preference or uh, my method of choice with coffee, I guess. But yeah, so I I've, I feel like I enjoy it in the morning, but sometimes I don't necessarily get the caffeine boost that I'm hoping for. Mm, understood. All right. Kind of a placebo effect. Well, let's let's get to one big thing. Riley, you start us off today, if you don't mind. Yeah, I, I'll I'll stay on that theme of fatherhood and say this, that this was sort of my epiphany that I needed to return <laughs> for Riley Friday. This was earlier this week. Um, Greg, you know how it works with having a newborn when they wake up in the middle of the night to feed. 
wife usually takes care of that. I'm on diaper duty. So Natalie had just fed our son. Uh, she's waking me up to change his diaper. And as I'm, as I'm waking up in a haze of like barely being awake, I say, are Greg and Carter here? And as I say that, I start laughing and she starts laughing <laughs> that for whatever reason, I was dreaming about being with, with the sleepers boys. So Let's go. That was when I was like, I got to return. <laughs> so we had a good laugh about that the next day. So shout out to y'all. Thanks for welcoming me back and just keeping the invitation open for me to come back when I was ready. So I'm I'm glad to be back and hopefully we can get into a good rhythm with it. It's That's absolutely amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. What, a, what an epiphany, incredible stuff. And uh, <laughs> I would be remiss to say we got a shout out uh, or to not say shout out that boy D Hill, Dion Hill Ford, who did do a serviceable job coming in and uh, filling the Riley Davis spot on our roster. But uh, Dion actually sh- shot me a text right after I confirmed with you that you were going to be on today and said, uh, is Riley back? I really hope he's back. So <laughs> we're pretty excited that you're back. Let's go to Cali Cart for his one big thing presented by Big B. Uh, my one big thing is two parts. Uh, first off, uh, blueberries are probably the most overrated fruit, I think. I think that's the most overrated fruit for me. Blueberries are just, they don't get the job done. There's so many other fruits I'd rather have. And then the second part of that is anyone who drinks athletic greens, I think you need to grow up. Uh, there's You shouldn't be a grown man drinking athletic greens. Just grow up and eat some vegetables like a real person. That seemed pointed. That seemed like a like a not so subtle shot at a particular individual. Am I reading that correct? Yeah, it was, it was it was at Rob Doster because he wants to pull this athletic greens card, but at the same time, you can't fit into a suit pants anymore. So, uh, yeah, that's 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 a shot. I haven't took a shot at Rob in long enough, and it, it needed to be said. I mean, also the animosity towards blueberries just seemed unnecessary there. You could have just gone for the Athletic Greens Rob disc, but like had to get a blueberries bar in first. It had to be said. I did. I love blueberries. Like, really? Is it like, is blueberry a top tier fruit to you? I hate blueberries. I love all berries. Raspberries, blackberries, blueberries. I love them all. Joel Berry. Joel Berry. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Riley loving berries was like minus 600 for the betters at home, by the way. Uh, Okay, my one big thing is that I hooped last night. I played basketball for the first time since becoming a father, which is like four and a half months now. Uh, I was pretty nervous. I also did not anticipate hooping. My old varsity coach I coached with took the job back. And he invited me to come just like run through an open gym that he was hosting and see what the the crowd is looking like. Well, a couple of my former players showed up. I pulled up in like sweatpants and a quarter zip and a hat and was not anticipating hooping. My two kids that I coached were like, we got shorts, we got shoes, you're hooping. I hooped. Fellas, I stepped on the court and hit my first two threes in game one immediately. I even took a heat check after that, which felt good, but back rimmed out. And then I hit the game winner in the final game, final game to 11, like kick to the corner, bang, it's over. Like I did not expect that. It's been a while. I haven't touched the ball. I think I'm at the point as a veteran Hooper now, I just am what I am, which is a, you cannot leave him open ever guy. And it feels fantastic. Respect. I know that felt great. It felt great. It's also way easier to hoop when you're 30 pounds lighter, by the way. Mm. Mm. Only way this story could have been better. (laughs) <laughs> only way the story could have been better is if you if there was a pit stop at value world yeah i mean that would have been pretty nice i'm not gonna lie good good job on bringing your shorts and basketball <laughs> shoes greg i tried my best uh all right 
this was great. Thank you, Riley, for being back. I uh, hope everybody enjoyed Riley Friday. Join the Discord, please. We'd appreciate it. We'll be in there all weekend talking random shit. And, uh, hey, our newsletter is dropping this morning as well. Carter wrote his portion on the plane. And you said people around you were aware that you were writing your portion on the plane? Yes. And uh, the guy next to me was in on uh, my first pick on there. So that that's a good start. That's big. All right. Sleepers bets dropping later today. Have a great weekend, everybody. We'll see you next week.